Danny episode. Solo Danny episode. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I had to, uh, <laughs> I guess I didn't have to, but I'm sorry for all my listeners that, uh, had to hear me try to sing that terrible intro. Uh, as you can probably gather by that introduction, it's a solo Danny episode. No Spencer this week. No Spencer this week. I, uh, I beat his ass in fantasy football this week. Uh, so I'm guessing that's why he didn't join. He He's trying to run away from me. We're in the same fantasy football league and I whooped him, whooped him. It wasn't that, that big of a ass beating 12 points, 12 points. Um, he had a, uh, an injured tight end, late scratch, late scratch. Our boys in uh, Mexico, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm guessing he didn't see that update and he didn't, he couldn't update his lineup in time. Still not my, not my problem. And I still get the dub seven and no baby. Your boy is seven and no in the football league that he commissions. So don't worry. There's no conflict of interest here. We're, we're doing it all fair and square. Um, if you're into fantasy football, go check out This Is Not A Fantasy Football Podcast. Podcast. Um, that's, the, uh, that's the podcast that I update irregularly for the Fantasy Football League, uh, but also give you some solid fantasy football pointers. That's an aside. Quick aside, if, if that's something that you're, you are into. Um, welcome back to the DMGT Podcast. I am your host, Danny. Um, we have some things to talk about this week. So our topics for the week are the Nintendo Switch Online expansion is rolling out. And oh boy, it's it's a mess. I'm going to be recommending some uh, things that anti-hardcore, anti-piracy people are probably not going to be so happy about. But Nintendo's a big company. Who cares? Like, uh, So release a, a working product and not for that expensive. Uh, please. So that's uh, Metroid Dread. The Metroid Dread review is coming out soon this week. The, the, this final week of October before Halloween, it will be out. Spoopy special. Um, so keep an eye out for that on the YouTube channel. But I want to talk about the MacBook Pro 14 and 16 inch reviews that are starting to roll out. So as of uh, October 26th, people are starting to get their hands on MacBook Pros. The review embargo is being lifted. We're seeing some specs and some data. And oh my God, these machines are incredible. Apple nailed it. Nailed it. So um, we're going to be talking a little bit about that. And, you know, just kind of having a good time here, man. Like nothing nothing too too crazy to scream about. We we have a ton of gaming content to con- we ugh can't speak we have a ton of gaming content to get through um through the end of the year and really through the winter uh as as fall kind of is in mid-swing here there's uh, uh guardians of the galaxy is launching halo's launching pretty soon uh the new pokemon uh what what is it uh diamond and pearl remakes are, are launching pretty soon and then uh, pokemon legends arceus we're seeing some more content from that uh i talked about halo already that's 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 about to come out returnal gets some big updates that's my still my game of the year choice um so you can finally do some uh, save suspension so you can like close out the game and come back mid-run um and continue there which is finally nice six months later geez louise uh 
thank you for for doing that. And yeah, you know, we'll kind of keep it short and sweet, short and sweet this week. Kind of. We'll see. We'll see. Because I have some thoughts on the uh, on the Nintendo online situation. So let's just start there. Let's just start there. Nintendo online expansion, Nintendo Switch online expansion is rolling out. $50. $50. And you know what you get different? It's not, it's not, a, it's a, I mean, just out of the gate, it's not a good deal. Uh, besides like some of the other stuff that, that I'm about to take on. It's holy moly. It is no bueno. So you get some Sega Genesis emulation, like six games and some Mario and some, not Mario. You get some Nintendo 64 emulation as well. Six games. Uh, I think they're, they're like, they're like tossing in the, um, what is it? The, the animal crossing expansion in there included with it. If you want, I guess, but oh man. Okay. So here are the Nintendo 64 games that you get. To be fair, this is just what you're getting to start. Mario Kart 64, Ocarina of Time, which is, you know, not a bad addition by many players. Many people consider this still the greatest video game of all time. Ocarina of Time. Star Fox 64, good choice. I like Star Fox 64. Mario Tennis, Super Mario 64, another fantastic platformer, Dr. Mario 64 as well. Six games. So v- solid choices, solid choices for, for uh, things to start off with. Not, not an extensive library. You know, there are a ton of amazing Nintendo 64 games that they could easily have in here easily these are this isn't like like uh like sony and xbox trying to add you know like uh old games to the library where there's a bunch of licensing issues from third-party uh game makers even if they were exclusive to their consoles yada yada Uh, these franchises nintendo owns these franchises so they, they, you should be able to get Donkey Kong in here. Where's Donkey Kong at? Where's Banjo-Kazooie? Where's some of these other games that you can get? I mean, why couldn't you get, like, GoldenEye in here? So it's it's kind of like, I don't understand why they do this limited stuff. Okay, so let's move on to the Genesis titles, okay? Castlevania Bloodlines, solid Castlevania game. Golden Axe, I never played Golden Axe. Strider, decent choice for, 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 uh, for a Sega Genesis game. Contra Hardcore. Clever name, hardcore, like uh, like military core. Um, Contra, okay, solid. Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine and Gunstar Heroes. Where the hell is uh is Sonic? The OG Sonic baby, Sega Genesis. That's where that's that stuff should be coming from. So okay, so you get those games, and it's not super great, right? So the tricky part is that like Nintendo's trying to keep their like child friendly persona it's so weird it's so weird like uh i don't know why nintendo is is striving so hard like go look at the uh, nintendo online library and there are some weird anime games in there folks like the 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 idea that they're continuously to push like this like we're still very child friendly focused and like okay well i don't know about some of these games in your online library guys um so, like, why can't you expand on some of these these games? Okay, so whatever. You get these games, not a ton, but fine, you get them. Let's say you let's say let's say for whatever reason you're crazy and you believe that this is a a, a, a deal worth paying for. 
Now what's happening? Controller lag, frame rate issues, terrible layouts for uh, for for in-game uh, button inputs. These are all issues that have been solved by emulation. Like, there is no reason for Nintendo, this multi-billion dollar behemoth of a company, to release any software with, with these types of issues. Compatibility issues, input issues, controller issues, frame rate, come on, the Switch is powerful enough. I know people give it a hard time for being underpowered, and that may be a little bit true. Um... But, I mean, we were just talking about Metroid Dread and how my review is coming out there. I didn't really talk about the graphics that much or at all in the review. I kind of focused on the gameplay. But uh, Metroid Dread, for the most part, is a consistent 60 frames per second. I don't think it's a true 720p the entire time. Um, there's probably some, you know, dynamic resolution scaling here and there. But for the most part, it maintains that 60 frames per second on a modern Nintendo video game. There's absolutely zero reason why the Switch, the, uh, the NVIDIA chip on, on, on that bad boy, shouldn't be able to handle Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis games at consistent frame rates. None. None. Zero. This is potentially um, one of the worst Nintendo deals and Nintendo things um since probably the wii u like it, it's just there's absolutely no chance in hell that i would ever recommend anyone to go on nintendo switch online again being very critical here um i love nintendo i love my switch i'm literally just talking about how much i love metroid dread and how it's a contender for game of the year but then you get this stuff here, and it's ridiculous. There's absolutely no reason for it. No reason for it. Even if it did work properly, right? Like, even if it was smooth, it's still not, a wor not worth it a deal. You're, you're paying an additional, what is this, $30, $20 a, a, a year for 12 old games that don't, and that's it, and that's it. Oh yeah, you can you can buy um I don't know, those controllers. <laughs> I don't know why you would want to pay full price for an old Nintendo 64 controller for your Switch or a Sega Genesis game for your Switch. Just get an 8-bit do. An 8-bit though controller uh is like a not 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 full price. You can buy them for like 40-50 bucks. And they'll perform so much better for like games like this. If you if you want to go retro. And, and that controller you can plug into your PC or your laptop and, or, or like if you have a, an Android TV or a shield or something hooked up to your TV, you can hook it up to that bad boy. If it has Bluetooth, you can connect to it. You can connect it to your phone for crying out loud. And then you can just run emulators on it because emulators perform so much better than these. And guess what? Guess what? You have access to a insane library of games. Now, let, let me make things things clear before I move forward. I am not uh, explicitly uh, advocating for piracy and stealing games in case uh, Nintendo or any other company ever decides to work with us here. But, but don't don't like steal from like 
an indie company or somebody that's like trying to break into the scene like don't do that like we know we know which companies exploit their workers and don't pay them well enough and force them into like um crunch crunch time to get these games out and and these, these products out you know who they are but an emulator works so much better right you you can get retroarch on your on your pc on your laptop and it emulates a ton of consoles you can get your snes your nes your genesis atari game boy game boy advance um i don't think it goes as far up as like nintendo ds but like playstation one two titles maybe two titles playstation two titles is, is a bit of a stretch but like there are emulators that have have already figured this out. They haven't figured they've had it figured out for so long that they don't even get updated anymore. Besides like, I don't know, maybe maybe some like if some some up, upgraded updated uh CPU architecture is released that requires that software to get updated, then sure, sure, that might get updated then. The Macs, the new Macs, you'll probably need any M1 Macs you'll need uh don't need to be updated so they run most compatibly with it but for the most part they they work fine and you can play all the games that you want all the retro games that you want in fact i would argue not argue like straight up some games you can only like you can only keep them alive because those studios are already shut down um they're not available for sale anymore like some games you can only keep alive if you emulate and download them from somewhere from places online <laughs> if you get the roms online somewhere aka piracy this this notion that uh piracy and emulation is bad blanket statement is is ridiculous it's dumb you can download your games and and, and have these retro games that you want to play if you want to play old school mario blah 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 you probably shouldn't be like i don't know openly broadcasting that and like saying that on on you know on twitch and people do it it's fine people do it as long as you're like yeah it's my legal copy or whatever wink wink who cares who cares just download the games that way and and i don't want to hear i don't want to hear that oh but it's more convenient on my switch this way like even even if that's true not for this money it isn't inconvenience it's inconvenient for this money don't don't give me that either like well it's on my switch like come on don't don't do that go go spin up your old nintendo ds jailbreak that bad boy and put it on there you can do it on your phones these days most people are on android you can you can download an emulator on your android and play it there with touch controllers oh but touch controllers aren't great again go get an 8-bit dough controller and connect it to your phone there's like little clamps very cheap five bucks pop that bad boy on the controller snap in your phone and bam Nintendo Switch with a properly or Nintendo Switch retro games with with properly working games and and less input lag for for a fraction of a cost. It, let's say let's say you spent fifty bucks on an eight bit though controller. That's fifty dollars that you didn't spend on the Nintendo Switch Online expansion. You keep that controller for the lifetime of that controller. There's no like annual fee, and you can start adding as many games as you want as many retro games as you want you can do it that way it's one of these things man that like nintendo continues to do and it's like so weird i don't understand why they do that these are these are 25 year old games people 
they've made their money. Like they've they've they those developers have gotten their fair share. It's gonna be fine. Like we're we're approaching. I mean, I guess it's not not that close, but we're approaching points where it's like at this point, some of these at some point in the future, these games will be public domain. These franchises will be public domain, assuming that they don't do a, a Disney situation where like they keep that mouse and they keep lobbying the government to not make them public domain, even though they should be. Anyways, that's that's a different that's a different thing. But like, don't let your nostalgia glasses blind you here. If you listen, spend your money however you want. You can do that. That's okay. But uh, yeah, don't pay for this stuff, man. This is ridiculous. So ridiculous. Don't pay for this. This is a big fail from Nintendo. Massive fail. Um, if you're defending them, what are you doing? What are you doing? Go go emulate the games instead. It works so much better. And then you can like do fun stuff like uh, like play like uh, modded Pokemon games that. Stuff that people have been very creative with, like, mods on old school games to, like, make games more challenging or have just, like, a different spin on them or they take the in-game engine and they make a new game themselves or something. Like, there's a bunch of cool stuff that you can do there, too. Like, it's just so much more convenient if you... When you, when you like, put those two things side to side and compare convenience... I know, like, I know true convenience is always going to win out. But when you do everything holistically what you can do it's actually more convenient to go the emulator route on your computer or your phone you can do it you can even do it on the iphone man like a website you can go to and bam emulation you don't even have to jailbreaking is a thing of the past you don't even have to do that anymore your phones are more powerful at this point so there's really no reason to to do that um it's such a disappointment from nintendo truly such a disappointment even if they could expand this library forever, and it's just like, yeah, no, it's not worth it. These are old games. These are old games. You can't convince me otherwise. These are old games. Stick on the basic online mode that, honestly, I probably don't even, like, I should cancel my Nintendo Switch online. I never play with people online on, the, on, on Switch. It's always on the PlayStation or on PC. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Unless you do that, I get that. I'm playing. But for me, it's probably time time to cancel that bad boy. Very disappointed. Very disappointed in, in Nintendo. Metro Jed, very good. Go look out. Keep an eye out for that review on, on YouTube because that's coming very soon. It's uh, to, to end on a high note. To end on a high note for talking about Nintendo. They nailed it with Metroid Dread. It's not perfect. I would still give the slight edge over to uh, Returnal for Game of the Year. Uh, but we haven't even played Halo yet, and the the new uh, campaign uh, teaser that they re-released is like the second or third time that they've shown this. Like, okay, it looks much better, Dave. It definitely the the extra time in the oven did that game well. It's looking very good. I'm excited for that game. I'm gonna play it on PC. It's gonna be sick. It's gonna be very cool. I'm still playing Back for Blood, so I don't have a re review for that yet either. Far Cry Six has you has hit the back burner has hit the back burner whenever i get around to playing that again i might do a review of that one but oh man that's a bummer that's a game that <laughs> i regret i should have waited i should have waited and i did not because i thought i had time to make content no i don't there's too many games coming out that i gotta keep an eye out for and review but that's okay that's okay let's talk about the apple devices but before we do before we do 
This episode is sponsored by... I'm just kidding, we don't have a real sponsor. Go to my website, go to our website, thedmgt.com slash shop. Get you some merch, get you a hat. A vaxxed hat, you know. Wear that hat proud, you're vaccinated. You have a brain. Um, if you can't, that's fair. I'm not making fun of you if like there's real legitimate medical issues. If not, I don't care. I don't care. Unsubscribe. Um, get you a, a vaxxed hat. Still have a sweatshirt up there. I'm probably going to update the store next year at some point. Um, I'll be doing more blog reviews. But this episode is sponsored by myself. I'm funding it. Self-funded. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Apple uh, laptops because... Man, oh man, Apple doesn't do this. Apple claims, oh, never mind, Let, let's, let's rephrase that. Apple claims uh, more often than is actually true that they're revolutionizing the space or like they're really innovating. Like they, they like to say those words so much and people chew that up. Listen, I like Apple devices. I have a lot of Apple stuff in my home, but they're not above criticism here at the DMGT, okay? like iOS 15 has been fine. It's just been fine. It's a little over-engineered, in my opinion. Um, there's too many damn settings for, for focus mode. Like, I just want to focus and turn off everything, okay? Like, let me focus. And then let me turn it off. Boom, easy peasy. Um, there's too many, like, buttons to get into, and, like, too, it gets too granular. It's over-engineered, at least for that feature in particular. Um, the widgets are fine. A um, little wonky to use. Overall, it's okay. The iPhone 13 Pro has been solid. It's been solid. Cinematic mode. Uh, yeah, of course, of course, professional videographers and photographers will t can tell the difference, and it's not perfect. But, you know, for, for your consumers, like, honestly, a regular consumer probably shouldn't be going as far as a pro. But people do it anyways. So for those people... Yeah, it's it's a nice, fun feature to play with. And, like, sometimes technology can just be fun. Very expensive fun, for that matter, but fun nonetheless. So if you do have it and you can get it, cool, great. You have that ability. And it works well. Well enough. It works well enough. But then they're starting to do some things that makes more sense. And it's starting to, like, oh, man, Apple's starting to pay some attention. Like, ProRes support on, on iPhone. It works very well. Don't use it, folks. People, don't use it. Don't use it. You know who you are. You're not a professional videographer or video editor. If you are, I'm sorry. You can use it. Uh, but for the most part, these files, I'm not going to use it. These files are massive. Massive. Like a minute at 4K is like like 4 gigs or something ridiculous like that. I'm not even playing. I did I did a uh, a quick uh TikTok to kind of like do comparisons, like did some editing on on like standard video recording and then ProRes video recording. And ProRes a 5 6 second clip, 500 megabytes. Insane file sizes. Massive, truly massive. You have to know what you're doing to actually take advantage of this. And it works. Like I've seen the comparisons online. I've seen them myself. Like it works. There's actually a difference. There's actually a range of like color spectrum and aperture and brightness that you can like really dive into, like dark colors and detail and all that. Like it works. I'm not saying it doesn't, but most people aren't doing that. You you have to doctor it heavily to like actually take advantage it's, it's like it's the equivalent of asking your wedding photographer for the raw actual raw photos like no you don't you don't want to see these these don't look good <laughs> they have to get edited 
But they're intentionally they intentionally look like that because it gives you more flexibility in post. In post meaning when you go and edit them. That's why to the blind eye, when you take like a photo of something and then you take a raw one, most people are gonna be like, no, the, the standard one looks better. What do you why is this raw a feature thing? Like, well, because there's more flexibility in post and it's not meant to be utilized by itself. Anyways, Apple's paying attention to, to some of that stuff. And when the M1 Max and the M1 chip released last year, they were really high in that horse. Like, man, we changed the CPU game, blah, blah, blah. And like, it worked very well. It's optimized for Apple devices, very obviously. And you always get that Apple premium tax on it. But it's like, okay, this is this is cool. This is a great step in, in that direction. But it's obviously, it's still very much so, obviously, a first-generation kind of like public beta that no one ever wants to admit. No, no company will ever admit it, but that's effectively what it is. And then with the M1 Pros and the M1 Pro Maxes, and based on the numbers and the stuff, the few numbers, but the performance claims that they had at the Apple event last week, two weeks ago, last week uh looked pretty pretty darn promising pretty darn promising and now that the reviews are out yeah they they nailed it i think this is going to get intel off their asses it's going to get nvidia off their asses amd a little bit um because it's not like so uh like far ahead of everything else especially when you consider like non-apple optimized uh softwares and encoding and, and processing right so if you want to like do something like premiere pro you use adobe products for example right like the the performance there doesn't blow everything out of the water although it performs comparably comparably to other high-end laptops in the range that that target pros and before I move any, any forward, like these, these MacBook Pros are not for average consumers. These are actually for professionals. For the first time in a while, these are actually for professionals. They have the tools for professionals. Once again, similar to the N Nintendo situation, spend your money however you want. But the people that are actually going to benefit from this are professional photographers, videographers, editors, content creators, musicians. Those are the ones that are actually going to benefit from it, especially from such a compact device. All of that being said, yeah, they nailed it. They nailed it. They absolutely nailed it. It's performing on par on, on those Windows non-Apple specific softwares and hardwares um, for production with other $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 machines. And there's maybe a slight Apple tax on it. But for the first time, based on the raw numbers, it looks like Apple is has actually changed, changed the game quite a bit. Because this isn't like a, an A14 Bionic chip in your iPhone, right? That's like, okay, people don't care about this much horsepower on your on your smartphones they care more, more about like what the camera looks like what the display looks like how bright it is make sure that photos and video looks pretty for my instagram or whatever that's what they care about and then some people like me yeah we'll use video editing features and we'll notice like uh the cpu and graphical performance and, and rendering performance and all of that but for the most part that's not for them right 
but man, the MacBook Pros. I'm very excited for mine. Mine mine has shipped. It says it has shipped. I'm getting it a day earlier than I thought, next Tuesday. So hopefully, hopefully, uh, next week's podcast is recorded using the new MacBook Pros. I got a 14-inch, 24-core, the 24-core GPU one. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of videos comparing like the M1 Pro base to the M1 Max with the 32 cores. I got the 24 core. I went a little bit more in between on the 14 inch model. Um, so I'm, so hopefully I can give you some comparisons on that one because now that I'm like shooting in cinematic mode on this new iPhone 13 pro, like sending these files over to, to my 2016 MacBook pro, which is the first one with the touch bar. It's a drag, man. Like it's starting to, it just can't keep up anymore. Like I was editing, um, my iPhone 13 Pro review video, I actually edited on my iPad Air because it was outperforming the 2016 Pro. And that's not a knock on like Macs in particular, it's a knock on Intel and Nvidia because they just can't handle these anymore. Now, it's a granted, five-year-old machine, of course, of course, uh, codecs and, 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 and video recorded on five... <laughs> oh my god i can't speak videos from from a phone and a device five years later yeah of course naturally it should it, any device would slow down but holy moly you know how you know how you know that these app that these uh, laptops are actually really good people are like nitpicking at the notch at the top which fair it, aesthetically unpleasing i will straight up say that too aesthetically unpleasing that's really really that's what we're we're nitpicking not the performance not the price not the display not the keyboard not the addition of ports i mean some people are like making fun of them bringing back ports and it's like yes a little bit because they were being smug about it but also like that that's what we wanted back in the first place so like it's not like we we it's a dumb move for them to make it was the correct move for them to make you make fun of how long it took them, not that they actually made the decision itself, right? So, I don't know. Weird stuff that I've been seeing online, but actually bodes very well for Apple. Because I think it is actually going to push push things forward on the CPU and GPU side of things. Because there were also a couple of videos, I mean, I, I want to get it in my hands myself, download Steam, start throwing some games on there, see what it performs like. Because this isn't... This is not built nowhere did Apple build this as a gaming capable machine or focus on like gaming performance at all. But some of the early numbers I'm looking at or some of the early reviews, at least for the M1 Max and even the M1 Pro to some extent, like we're talking performance on mobile 3060 uh, GPUs, 3070 GPUs, even 3080 GPUs. Like we're talking decent performance at 4K. And by decent, I mean 40 to 60 FPS. 1440p, you're talking 80 FPS at Shadow of the Tomb Raider with some with high settings. That's that's impressive. That is super impressive. I don't think people understand how impressive that is for a laptop. Don't buy this for gaming. Don't buy this for gaming. That's not what I'm saying. Don't take my words out of context. But I'm saying you look at that. You look at rendering performance in Final Cut, in motion. I mean, people don't use motion, but I guess After Effects is probably the better comparison. Uh, 
4K rendering, uh, live video uh, color correction. Like you can color correct while video is playing instead of like pausing the video and like you can see it in real time, in real time. This is this is getting to like very nerdy uh, producer pro talk a little bit. So I'm sorry if this is like boring. But man, it, that's just stuff that's really exciting that I'd never really had a real appreciation for back when I would like just consume these production and like review videos of like the the processing speed and like Logic and Final Cut and and photo editing and and, and so on and and three D rendering and all that. Now that it's like it's not my job job yet yet it will be it will be one day. Tell your friends to subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel and the TikToks. Um, but I do it often and a lot enough now that I am noticing these these things. Um, that I noticed it when I got my my iPad Air last year after this this laptop, my MacBook Pro was hitting hitting some some snags and needed to get it repaired a couple of times. Like I noticed that difference. I'm like, oh man, this is just so much more easier, so much more convenient. It's rendering much faster. Like, um, that video, the iPhone video was almost 10 minutes long. It was like eight minutes, right? It's an eight minute review. It's not super long. It took like 14, 15 minutes to render and export HDR in HDR, 4K HDR. I think I tried doing an HDR 4K video on this 2016 MacBook Pro once, and I never went back to it. It just didn't make sense. It was impossible. It was, it, it my, my, the fans were like spin, spun all the way up. I mean, even, even just like exporting a song in Logic, like if I'm exporting this audio for this podcast, then upload it for, for your consumption, the, the fans will kick in like crazy and it's, and it's, a little bit slow and that time that you get back is significant it matters like it, it, it's it's quite quite a bit so for me oh my god a jump from 2016 to to the new m1 max is going to be insane because a lot of these comparisons are like taking the uh the last intel i9 uh macbook pro to the m1 max and it's just blowing it out of the water again again for apple optimized software which for the most part, not for, well, yeah, for the most part, if you're on an Apple device, you're probably doing it because you want Final Cut, because you want Logic, and you want these Apple-created softwares um, for your production situation. And that's where you see the biggest performance. But even then, even then, just for it to perform on par with like an, an i9 and a, an RTX 3070. Yeah. Yeah, that's impressive. That's hella impressive, dudes. My dudes, that's very impressive. I think we should just appreciate how cool that is. That some company went in-house and outperforms or performs on par with high-end high mobile, albeit mobile, because these are laptops, CPUs, and GPUs. I think we shouldn't underestimate that. Like, I think we, I think we get caught up in like the uh, iPhone people, uh, Android people, uh, Xbox, uh, PS5. We get caught up in that conversation a little bit too much. That we don't like take a step back and go and just go like, man, this is cool as hell. This is cool as hell. 
I think we should. I think we should get back there. Because this is cool as hell. The display... I The display, that's one that's like harder to kind of get a grasp for. Because it's one of those things that you absolutely have to see it in person for, for it to really mean anything to you, right? Like, I know what HDR looks like. I have an HDR display. I have an HDR TV. 4K. OLED. Looks very cool. But I haven't really seen many... Uh, Mini LED. I know the 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 newest iPad Airs have used Mini LED, so it, it's it's like the more cost effective way of getting as close to OLED as possible, but you get better brightness. So it's like the the cost efficiency to what you actually get makes the more most sense. Uh, again, all the ports, an SD card re, uh, card reader, battery life sounds like it's it's really good. Um, yeah. Of course, of course, we can have a conversation about like repairability and the lack of uh, upgrade options for like your RAM and your 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 storage. You're, I mean, you're never going to touch RAM again on a on a on an Apple device. It's all embedded now with your chips. It's all there. Storage expansion. I get that part though. Like I get that part. Apple charges you a insane premium for upgrading your your internal storage. I would recommend most people to just uh, buy an external um, USB 3 SSD and and use your storage from there instead. That's that's what I did. So my configuration, let me actually show or, or explain my configuration, right? My configuration on the 14-inch uh, MacBook Pro that I ordered. So it's a 14-inch MacBook Pro I upgraded the, uh, the 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 processor and graphics, so it's an M1 Max, not the M1 Pro, with the 10 core CPU and 24 core GPU. I kept it at the 32 gigabytes of memory. I think that's that's plenty for my purposes. That that's plenty, um, which means that I did get the upgraded uh, power adapter. Okay, that's that is that is a complaint. Apple should just include the the fast charging uh, MagSafe power or brick with all of these devices. So for the 14. For the 14 inch, that's the 96 uh, watt power brick, uh, MagSafe power adapter, and for the 16 inch, that would be the 140 watt uh, adapter. Like it, you're already charging us a lot. Like I'm not saying that these devices are not expensive. These are expensive machines, okay? Um, but but they're not overpriced for what what they're doing. Like these are comparable to other machines for the purposes that they're being built for and what they're performing as, right? Um, Stayed with the base, 512 gigabytes of storage. I honestly considered maybe I should have done a terabyte, but but these days I do most of my editing from, I have an external uh, Samsung one terabyte SSD, and I pretty much do everything from there. Once I have, once that's getting close to filled up, I have an, uh, an at-home network storage server that I just move all my files over there kind of for archiving purposes. It's like, I don't know, like 14 terabytes or something like that. So I just toss everything over there, uh, re delete and get rid of anything that I don't need anymore. And then bam, keep you keep using that bad boy. It's at some point I'm going to have to replace it because that's probably not sustainable for a long term. I've had it for about a year, but that should still give me plenty of life. Um, yeah. And then the basic stuff, all of them have come with that with the three uh, Thunderbolt 4 USB-C ports, HDMI. Uh, HDMI is... 2.0 it's not hdmi 2.1 that part was a little bit disappointing because i think i don't think i know that th this gpu can definitely power 
4K at 120 hertz in an external display. It's not like you're doing it on your internal machine. So I do wish Apple did that. But uh, Apple does uh, is doing their display is ProMotion, so it's not a sustained 120 hertz display. It's adaptive, so I guess I kind of get it. It's not super necessary, I suppose. But the crazy part is that the the laptop display is going to be so much better than pretty much any monitor out there right now um, that doesn't cost you like literally another one of these machines that, it, that you're going to want to edit on the on the laptop directly anyways. But still, it, it would have been nice for, you know, I, I just like the bigger screen for like finer, finer tuning. Anyways, HDMI, an SDXC card reader, MagSafe 3, which is great. I love that they kept Touch ID. So I just want to add that in there. Even though they got rid of the touch bar, they kept Touch ID. I think that's that's awesome. It's nice that they kept that in there. Uh, and then that's that's pretty much it. That's my setup. So that setup runs me $2,900. Exp again, expensive. These are expensive machines, man. I'm not saying that these aren't these are cheap. I already said that a, a bunch of times. I don't need to say it again. But for what for what I use it, yeah, I'm noticing the difference in my MacBook. And could I could I have gone with an M1? Sure, sure, probably. But but no, <laughs> no, I want to make more 4K content. I want to do continue using cinematic mode. I want to continue uh, dabbling with ProRes for like maybe some short B-roll shots and stuff like that. Like I want to keep doing all of that and. Listen, there's always a better machine. I'm sure there's like an M1 Max, an M1 Max, M1X or something, or an M2 that's coming for like if when when they update the Mac Pro. Like I'm sure that's that's on the way. At this point, I don't need anything more than that. And and this machine is going to kick ass because it's already kicking ass. It really, really is. So I'm very impressed. I think I think once people start getting the getting like let's get like six months because i always say like some time is always the greatest equalizer so after six months we're, we're gonna know for sure if apple nailed it or not right because you you look at like an iphone when the first iphone came out some people were like mocking it and stuff I'm like no the time time proved that no they did change the game sorry folks they did they did they just did um I don't know if that's true. It's going to be true with these M1 Pro and M1 Max uh, integrated CPU, GPU. But man, for, for our sake, I hope it Why wouldn't you want that to be the case, though? That, that's my biggest thing. Why wouldn't you want that to be the case, even if you hate Apple, even if you hate them for whatever reason? Why wouldn't you want these to change the game? That only means that NVIDIA GPUs are going to get better much faster that only means that intel cpus are going to get better much faster so even if you hate apple and you're going to stick with your windows forever because you can build it however you want why wouldn't apple changing the game with these chips be a good thing for the industry overall that that's that's what i said you're gonna it, it, in the end it results in better products for consumers in the technology world man there's no there's no allegiances here there's no allegiances here. So that's what I hope is, is uh, will be the case 
with these new MacBook Pros. I'm excited for my 14-inch to come in. Come in. There is a high-powered mode on the 16-inch uh, maxed-out uh, MacBook with a 32-core GPU, only because you have it plugged in. So once it's, if it's plugged in, there's like a high-powered mode. At that point, we're talking ridiculous performance. We're talking like AK Pro Raw, ProRes Raw editing that like i you who needs that uh, damn movie movie production like if you're you're working on like dune you're working on an, on the sequel to dune and you're an editor there like that's that's who would need it so these massive productions that are doing some crazy rendering and 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 digital imaging and 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 video effects and all of that like that's who would need it to get to get it out faster but that's crazy. That's crazy. That like maybe it's not quite to that point, but like that it's 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 pushing those limits of a machine of we're talking of like five thousand to ten thousand dollar machines. Super super impressive in the form factor for the price. Thirty five hundred. I think the maxed out one without maxing out the. Um, the storage right because it's ridiculous like fifteen hundred dollars for eight terabytes like that's ridiculous it's something like four thousand or maybe forty five hundred for a maxed out um maxed out ram a cpu gpu on a 16 inch yeah yeah that makes sense for a laptop again for a laptop it's performing like a forty five hundred dollar desktop or a $5,000 desktop. Crazy. Crazy times we live in. We, I think we should just like appreciate that it's cool. It's cool, man. I don't know. I love technology. It's, it's, this, is, this is why I do this. This is why I got, I created the podcast, why I started making YouTube videos, why I, I did all of this. That's the whole point. I love doing this stuff. I love talking about this stuff. So that's where we are there. Um, once I get that in my hands, I'll, do, I'll be doing some quick testing. I'm not like... There, there's by then there's going to be so many benchmarks by by the time i even get it in my hands a week from now and then by the time i play with it use it around um do some video editing do some music stuff like there will be so many benchmarks so it's just going to be a comparison to the 16 inch my my iphone even my ipad um and like for anyone that's like kind of in this in-between stage of like not quite like real professional yet in the sense that like oh this is like my job like i can straight up like offer up these skills and like freelance this or whatever right uh, but but someone who's in this in-between stage of like well i'm not an amateur anymore i'm not like a hobbyist i'm not like editing Fortnite clips on imovie i'm in this in-between stage where it's starting to make sense to spend more money on, on some of these devices. Or maybe in the past it didn't make it as much, but hey, it got me learning and it got me going, so that's what matters the most. Um, <laughs> that's what I tell myself. That's what I tell myself. But I mean, as far as like recommending stuff, like I always, I'm honest. I'm honest with people. I, I know I buy something, I'm like, yeah, it probably didn't make sense. But so for you, you don't have to spend this much money. It's like the PS5. It's like the PS5. We're, we're about to hit a year with the ps5 and only just now is it starting to make sense to like actually go out and try to get one for the first six months it was like yeah it's cool but like honestly you can wait you can wait there's not that many games 
not going to be able to tell that much of a difference. I mean, Returnal, Returnal, phenomenal, fantastic. You can actually tell a difference there. So that's where we are with the MacBook Pros. I hope that comes in easily. There's no issues. And oh boy, we're going to rip on that one. Some quick fire stuff here to kind of wrap up. I'm ashamed to say, I am ashamed to say that I did not get into the Benny the Bull album. I mean, Benny the Bull. <laughs> oh man, I've been thinking about the Bulls a lot. If you if you couldn't tell, we we talked about basketball la last week, um, and the Bulls are four and zero. Let me have this moment, Jay Keyless. If Jay Keyless is listening to this, let me have this. Paying attention, they're 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 healing my broken heart from the White Sox. Let me have this four and zero. I don't care if their competition has been caca. They're four and zero, and that's all it matters to me. It's that uh that Black Widow clip. Don't say that. Don't say that. It was real to me. It was real to me. Um, God, what was I, what was I going to say? Uh, Benny the Butcher. I'm sorry. Benny the Butcher. Not Benny the Bull. The Benny the Butcher album. Holy crap. This album is amazing. Amazing. It might. I'm going to have to argue with Spencer here a little bit. I'm going to I'm going to make sure that he's listened to it. But that might take. It might be my now front runner for album of the year. It's so good. The man is a lyricist, like a real lyricist. Hard. Bars after bars after bars. Clever. Catchy. Hard hitting. Man, it's so good. If you haven't listened to uh, the Benny the Butcher album, it's, the album is called, uh, what is it? Uh, the Plugs I Met To. So a lot of like uh, Tony Montana um, references and things like that. So it's like very like not not straight up like gangster rap, but kind of. It's so good. It's so good. Um, this and maybe call me if you get lost and uh, what is it? Gold Diggers. Uh, oh my god, I'm looking it up right now. Gold Digger Sound from Leon Bridges. They're probably my three top albums. The Lil Nas X album is, is solid. Um, I'm just not in this demographic. It's really good. It's really, really good. I'm just not in this demographic to be like, oh my god, this is like the greatest album ever. Um, but I get, I get why people would feel that way. And I think that's totally fair. And stylistically, maybe like... Uh, Culturally, it might deserve album of the year at the Grammys, but the Grammys are irrelevant for any real, like, I don't want to say real, that's so pretentious, but for any, like, hardcore, like, music, music lovers, the Grammys do not matter, and they have not mattered for a long time, for a long, long time, especially not if we're talking about hip-hop and rap, truly don't matter. But those three right now are my front runners, and I think Benny the Butcher gets uh gets that top gets that top spot for, for that album. But hey, Benny the Bull, if you ever want to join the podcast, I mean Benny the Bull doesn't speak, but maybe we can make a TikTok together. I see you on TikTok, Benny the Bull. I see you on TikTok. Got the moves. Hit hit that renegade. Hit that renegade. I'm sounding like a boomer now. Renegade hasn't been a thing for three years. <laughs> still, still. Some closing notes. If you ever wonder why I don't review um, Android devices and Android products, the, the big thing is the uh, the Pixel 6 is out. And it looks amazing. Like, the cameras look phenomenal. Um, who was it? I think MKB, MKBHD did, a, did a, like, a quick 
video. It was like on TikTok, and I think he might have put it on Instagram too. Um, where like you can remove objects natively in the camera app and the and the photos app of the Android. And it works really well. It looks really cool. It looks really, really cool. Um, but I just don't have Androids at home. Um, if I ever get to a point where like companies are sending me or I'm making enough money doing this specifically to like purchase a device and like review it and, and talk about it in that in that sense, I will. I absolutely will. I am very open and would be very excited to play with with some high-end Android devices. I've never really had them. It just, I'm too embedded in the Apple ecosystem that at this point, at this point, I'm probably not going to switch it. Um, when, if, and when speaking into existence, this production and this DMGT stuff, um, starts becoming like a real thing and I can like live off of it and pay some bills and like, or at least pay for itself when, when it gets to that point And like, I have like a proper YouTubers camera and I'm not like recording and doing everything on my phone. I'm probably downsize my phone and then I'll probably explore other phone options. Potentially. I message, man. I know that's what everyone says. That's what every, it's so true. I message every, everyone's on iMessage. Almost everyone that I know is on iMessage and it's like, it's hard to move on from that bad boy, but I guess I'd still have it on my iPad and, and laptop, but that's, that's ugh. busting out your laptop or your iPad on public transit or when you're on the go. No, thank you. So I, pr I probably want to go to a smaller device, but still anyways, point being, I'm definitely more, more open to, to doing those things. I mean, I have a windows PC for my gaming PC, so I definitely do, do talk about like some some more windows and like pc type things uh like the youtube channel and like uh, my, some of my other content um, but as far as like smartphones go that's just where i'm at so if we ever get to that point hey tell your friends to subscribe tell your friends to download the podcast and listen and maybe we can get to that point and i can talk some more android stuff i would love to i would absolutely love to um as you can tell by like this episode i love technology man like gadgets and stuff like it's so cool that's so cool. So I would love to definitely talk about some more, some more of that stuff. Um, and definitely not like on the, uh, oh my God, Apple versus Android and blah, blah, blah. Apple fans are annoying. Android fans are annoying. No, no, you, the one leaving those comments are annoying. Sorry, not sorry. Okay, I'm rambling now. This has been the DMGT Podcast. Thank you for listening. We should have Spencer back next week. If not, we're getting pretty close to wedding season, so he might be taking a little bit of a hiatus. So you'll have to deal with me. Make do for now. I'll try to get some po um, ugh. I'll try to get some, some guests on the pod to kind of switch things up a little bit. We have a lot of games to get through. We have a lot of tech to get through. Some music, man. I'm really hoping that can that Kendrick album drops this year, but I don't know. It's it, we're we're heading heading right into November now, so we'll see if that actually drops. If it does, you can bet your ass I'm gonna do a big old content on that album. So yeah, thanks for listening. Stay tuned. We'll catch you next week. Bye.